Hey guys, welcome back to another Topics with Tim podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. If you like what you're hearing and you want more of it, please subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also leave a review. I would love that to hear your feedback and critique on my show. I also have a Discord channel, Topics with Tim, that you can join if you want to be able to contact me if I don't know you personally. I also will post links to things I talk about and articles and photos that relate to these podcasts. So there's always a way to get more in-depth and more information, especially with these story pods that I'm doing. In fact, this one in particular is my third edition of my Story Time with Tim podcast where I share you know, a fun, interesting story of something that's happened in my life. If you have a story to tell as well, I would love to have you on my show if you think you have a good story because I would love to to pick your brain about it and hear. I'm, I'm a very detailed person, so I will probably ask you every little detail of whatever story it is that you have. So if you have a great story, I'd love to have you on and be a part of this series that I'm doing where we just, we're just sharing stories, man. We all, every human has a unique experience in this world and, and I want to hear yours and, and hopefully you, you know, find some, some interest and some value in, in hearing some of mine. I've had some, some really fun, crazy experiences in life as I'm sure you have as well. So let's just get right into it. This particular story time with Tim podcast is going to be called an opportunity missed an opportunity missed now you won't know what that means until we get to that point in the story but let's start the story this story is kind of it's it's part two in my king saga if you haven't listened to part one which is my called how I touched greatness and it's a story of me going to New York for kind of on a whim with no money no place to stay and I ended up touching greatness. That's a really fun story. I would definitely go back to that podcast first to hear that before you hear this one. So after that board of governors meetings in New York city, which again, we talked about on that first pod, you know, I flew back home and, and some time went by and then we found out me and, and this group of conglomerate, it's a fun word of these Kings fans who we, you know, we'd go to city council meetings. Like I said, in that other pod, you know, we would go to games, we would before and after games, we'd be getting on the news, decked out in face paint, our giant Sacramento Kings sign. We'd be rallying. I have so many. Cl- I'm gonna put together a montage one day of all the clips of all the news videos I've been in. I made the front page of the Sacramento Bee a few times. Got some photos of that in my room. So really involved with this movement, keeping the Kings in Sacramento, trying to stop them from relocating, and and just showing not only the the council and and the former mayor Kevin Johnson. But showing the NBA, showing David Stern, all the owners that, hey, look, there's a lot of support for the Kings in Sacramento. We should keep a team here. So we found out that they were going to do another Board of Governors meetings because the first one already was in New York. We went to that one. That's where I touched greatness. If you want to go back and listen to another pod. This one, well, an opportunity was missed, but you'll you'll find out. So this one, we, we found out there's going to be another Board of Governors meeting in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. So we said, hey, we had a freaking blast on the first trip to New York. It was incredible, life-changing. Again, listen to another pod if you want to hear it. So we're like, we're going to do this again. So I bought my tickets. Again, I had raised a little bit of money at that point, but I was using pretty much all of it up again to where I had literally, I think, $10 in my bank account at this point. So this is all kind of on a whim. And we so we fly to Dallas. We get in. It's midday. We end up getting a shuttle to a hotel. Gosh, I'm blanking on the name of the hotel. Maybe at the end, I'll, I'll bring it up. So we go to this hotel, massive hotel. These, dude, everything in Texas, I've been to Texas a couple times now because I got some family there and some friends. Texas is huge. It is so massive, man. Everything is big. This hotel was ginormous. 
tons of ballrooms, 10 floors, just this massive place. So it makes sense because they were hosting, obviously, the three, you know, some of the 30 richest people in the world that own pro sports franchises because those of you who don't know, pro sports franchises, MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, whatever, are, gosh, in the, the hundreds of millions into the billions of dollars that you have to pay if you want to own one of these teams. It's absolutely insanity. It's just kind of something fun for rich guys to do. So we show up at the hotel. It's midday. I have, I think, $10 on me to my name at this point. So I'm thinking, ah, probably not going to get food today. But that's okay. I'm here. I'm living my best life. So we get there early. We're hanging out in this in this hallway area. And kind of as time goes on, you know, more people start showing up. We get more and more, more and more media from Sacramento. I knew a couple of the reporters over time from having interacted with them on all these Kings events and stuff and, and being in the in the newspaper a couple times. So I, you know, chit-chatted with them a little bit, caught up with them, chit-chatted with our group that was there. Mike Tavares was there again. We ended up running into Kevin Fippen, one of the leaders of the Here We Stay movement as well. Can't remember if Carmichael Dave was there or not. I don't think so for this one in particular. So we chatted, we caught up, we took a bunch of photos. Again, we were texting on Twitter, updating people about everything that was going on. Owners were showing up. Unfortunately, it wasn't like the New York City one where they were super visible, although I did get to meet Mark Cuban and got a photo with him. That was pretty awesome, although I was pretty pissed when I found out that the person that took that photo, it was a very blurry photo. So I have a very blurry photo of me and Mark Cuban, which I was very upset about because I was excited to meet Mark Cuban. He just ended up walking past our group at some point, and I'm like, dude, that's Mark Cuban. That guy's one of the coolest owners of all time. If I was, if I owned my, my team, I'd be doing exactly what he'd be doing. I'd be in the front row watching my team every game. That'd be awesome. So I pretty much already do that with my fantasy teams. So that was incredible. Got to meet him. Got to meet the media. Eventually, a lot of Seattle Sonics fans started showing up, and that was fun. We, you know, we interacted with them. We were kind of joking with them about about stuff. And obviously, they they wanted the relocation to happen because then their team would get moved. They would have a team again in Seattle, so they were hoping it would get approved. But we obviously weren't. But it was very cordial, very happy, very. There wasn't any sort of animosity between the two groups at all. We had. Just a great time hanging out together, talking basketball. I would post updates on on YouTube every now and then of just, hey, here's what's going on. So it got later into the evening, later into the evening. And that's when things started to get really intense because all the owners were there. They, they were meeting in a room kind of down the hall a little bit. We were kind of blocked off, so we couldn't go into that, kind of get close to that room. So we were seeing different owners go through into that room. They were in there for quite a while. It was intense. And that's when we got the news. We found out that the committee the the umbia owners had decided to block the relocation mainly because the kings did a really good job with kevin mayor johnson sort of convinced the council to get on board so all the voting for you know having the city pay a little bit for the arena he got them on board they had been working with the with the kings for a while they already had an owner in vivek ranadive that was willing to buy a majority share we actually ran into vivek on this trip and we have an awesome photo i'll post it on discord of us you know, all giving the thumbs up with Vivek Ranadive later on in the day. So that was really awesome to, to meet him. I ended up meeting him again later at another Kings event as well and getting a photo with me and my buddy Chris. So I met the owner of the Kings, thanked him again for just buying the team, giving Sacramento a chance because he had planned to, to keep the team, the team in Sacramento. So it was very close because the Seattle, the Seattle group with Chris Hansen and Steve Ballmer had up their offer multiple times. The, the Maloof, Maloofs had actually already tried to sell them the team multiple times at, at different price points. So at, at, at there are at certain points we were almost assured to lose the team, but you know, Kevin Mayer Johnson is kind of the hero in all this. 
and he just kept kind of plugging away and keep talking to the NBA and saying, Hey, look, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. We've got it. We've got a group here that wants to buy. We've got a fan base, you know, look at New York, look at these Kings fans who flew all the way out here. And there's even con- contingent of Sacramento Kings fans in New York. You know, we have the support, you know, obviously we our attendance book for itself as far as even when our team sucked and it sucked for a long time, we're still selling out games and having, you know, lots of people show up. So there's a lot on our side. The Seattle, they put up a really, really strong fight, but that relocation was blocked. So as soon as we heard the news, we all just started going crazy, hugging, cheering. You know, we were there for that specific reason, and it happened. It happened. And we couldn't have been more ecstatic, just celebrating. You know, it just it's a goosebump moment. But I'll tell you where my opportunity was missed, and let me backtrack a little bit for you. My relationship with David Stern, obviously I don't have one because he's David Stern and he's a big shot. I've hated David Stern for the longest time, mainly because of in 2002, and I believe he was involved in this. I don't know how you're the commissioner not involved in this, but there was sort of a, there was a lot of financial incentive back in the early 2000s to get the big market teams into the finals because the NBA overall made more money. If the Lakers, Knicks, Celtics, teams like that are in the finals, they make more money, right? But that ruins sort of the fairness and the integrity of the sport of basketball that any team can win it and makes it kind of a joke for any small market team right so the kings had an amazing team from the late 90s to the early 2000s we had a phenomenal team one of the most favorite teams to watch of all time because we didn't really have any stars we just had a team we had you know we always led the league in assists we just had a team a real team of solid players who passed and who had an amazing offense you don't see that much much of that in the NBA anymore. I'd say the Nuggets maybe are the closest thing to that at this point, a team that just focuses on passing and teamwork. So we had this phenomenal team. We had uh, the team that was going to win it all. And all we had to do was get through the Lakers in the Western Conference semifinals. And any Kings fan would know that we've already found out after the fact that the game was, in fact, rigged. That I, and I don't know, again, how much involvement David Stern had in this, but we know that a couple of refs, Tim Donahue being the main one, have come out and said that the game was rigged. We had we had planned on rigging the game to make sure the Lakers got into the finals. And they made that happen. We know that in game six, the Lakers shot, I think, 27 three throws. I think a bunch of them were in the fourth quarter, whereas the Kings only maybe had like five to ten. And it was just clearly obvious, just as, as fans watching, oh my gosh, how, like just obviously, you know, every fan kind of has a little bit of a bias and, I, you know, I've watched, watched a lot of sports over the years with different fan bases, and they're like, that, what the heck, that call? You know, what the heck, man? Like, that shouldn't have gone against me, right? There's, we all have bias. But this was, okay, what is happening here? I get I get bias, but this was just crazy. The fouls, like, Mike Bibby would get elbowed in the face, and they call a foul on him. And he was bleeding on the floor. And we're all, what? What is happening? I've never been more angry more upset after a basketball game. My brother cried. I cried. I was upset. I was planning on sending hate mail to the NBA even before I knew it was rigged because we we kind of already like just this was wrong. Something was wrong here. And it came out that, yes, in fact, game six was rigged. I don't know how rigged game seven was. Maybe they eased off in game seven, but we ended up losing game seven. But the key point is we would have game six had it not been rigged. It was rigged. So 2002 was our year. That was our title. And I directly blame David Stern. I think he had a hand in it without a doubt. And I think he could have stopped it. There's no way the commissioner doesn't know about something like that going on. There's no way. So I have hated David Stern for a long, long time. Made 
plenty of parody videos and different things making fun of the guy. And this is the guy that screwed us out of a championship in 02. This is the guy who cost us, cost our city, our small market city, a championship in order to just get the Lakers and Kobe Bryant into the finals. And I was angry for, for many, many years. So David Stern was one of the driving forces in keeping the Kings in Sacramento. He was still the commissioner at that point, And he was a, a key cog in, in stopping them from relocating. So I feel like in that, in that moment, I forgave David Stern because he redeemed himself. He fought for our Sacramento team. He fought for the Kings to stay in Sacramento. In that moment, David Stern was forgiven forgive and forget oh two whatever you have helped save our team you were a key cog in making sure our team did not get sold even though seattle had tons of offers and were offering tons of money and but you made it happen david stern so thank you and rest in peace david stern passed away uh recently so we're celebrating and it's in the heat of the moment and immediately a news crew comes right up to me and they said how do you feel how do you feel about the election or not the election sorry how do you feel about the relocation being blocked. And I start talking, or before I start talking, out of the corner of my eye, I see David Stern walking from that room with the Board of Governors. He's walking along, and he's walking towards the elevator. And I'm watching him. I'm watching David Stern. And I've wa- I have I told myself for the longest time, if I saw David Stern, if I had a chance, I would go up to him, I would thank him, I would maybe even give him a hug, who knows, try to get a photo with him. Because again, this was a big moment for me in, Hey, I'm for, I'm, I'm, I'm forgiving you. You've, you've redeemed yourself. I'm forgiving you. And I wanted that moment with David Stern. I wanted that opportunity and I saw him walking and I saw him walking and I had this camera in my face with a mic in me, my face. And they were waiting for me to respond on how I felt about the relocation. And I was just watching David Stern, watching him walk to the elevator. Obviously if I could go back, I would have immediately, maybe not ran, because maybe people would have freaked out thinking I was going after David Stern. <laughs> maybe it would have tackled me or something. But I regret not just walking over to David Stern, saying thank you, shaking his hand, and and having a moment with David Stern. And th- can you imagine the photo that would be of David Stern like shaking hands with a Kings fan? Like, oh, dude, we could have we would have been front page news. David Stern blocks relocation. Here's a picture of heat of the moment right after the decision's made. And this Kings fan goes up to him and shakes his hand. And we get a photo. I'm, I'm sure the cameras would have turned immediately to that. 100% would have had that. That would have been, that would have been the all time clip. That would have been just, but it didn't happen. I missed my opportunity. I watched him walk to the elevator and I let him go. And I looked back at the camera and I was sort of excited, but sort of mixed emotions because I'm seeing David Stern leave. I'm seeing this opportunity being missed. And so, of course, you know, I immediately just tried to forget about it and just, oh, I'm so happy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, you know, after I sat and I, man, that was my opportunity to sort of have this moment with David Stern and have this sort of reconciliation I felt. And just how crazy and how cool that photo would have been, that video would have been of this Kings fan and David Stern sort of reconnecting reconciliation. Ah, I think about it. It gives me goosebumps. Why did I not do it? Why did I stand there? Oh, I froze. I froze people. I absolutely froze and I'll forever regret it because obviously Davidson recently passed away. So I'll never get that opportunity to, to have that moment 
with with Mr. David. Maybe, you know, maybe he's in heaven. And uh, when I get there in the future, I can have that moment with him there. But that was an opportunity, an opportunity missed. Me and David. Now, as far as the rest of that trip, it was kind of crazy. We ended up having a tornado warning. First time I've ever experienced that. There was this massive storm. Not tornado, hurricane. Hurricane? Tornado? Tornado. I can't remember now. Must have been tornado. Tornado warning. And all the all the lights started like buzzing in the place. And we all had to take shelter in one of the ballrooms. That was wild. I never experienced that before. Um, some other cool experiences from that trip was, you know, I, I kept running into the Maloof brothers around I'd be walking around with Thomas because we were just trying to kill time while we're waiting for them to make their decision. And I actually ran into the Maloof brothers multiple times. And the here's so, so so afterwards, right? It's it's after things have settled down, we're hanging out, and we actually decide, hey, we're gonna have a celebratory beer in the hotel bar. And we see George Maloof, one of the brothers, sitting on a table in this bar. And we uh, we tell the bartender we said, hey, we want to buy that guy a drink. So we uh, we buy George Maloof a drink. He, bartender gives it to him. He kind of looks at us and gives us sort of a, you know, finger pointer, you know, hey, what's up? We kind of look. We just nod at him. You know, we want to be respectful. We beat him, so we were pretty happy about that. And I'm sure it was kind of a, it kind of a rubbing his face a little bit that we bought him a beer. But, you know, we were nice about it. We just gave him, gave him a good shake there. And we we had our celebratory beer. And we reminisced over our experiences of going to all the games and all the here we stay nights that we put together all the city council meetings how we've kind of grown together in this little mini family and how we've sort of accomplished we've accomplished our goal right we've been working for this goal for about a year doing all these things and and here we are we've completed it we've fought our team is now going to be owned by Vivek Renadive we're going to be staying in Sacramento we're going to get a new arena downtown we're going to get everything we wanted for our city of Sacramento and we got to celebrate that in that moment. So thanks, George. I guess not really. The Lewis brothers were kind of, I don't want to go too heavy into them, but they, uh, they're, they're an odd group. That's for sure. We don't, we don't like, we are, we don't like how it ended. I mean, in the end it's, it's good what happened, but obviously Kings fans, we all probably have sort of a, a mixed mix feelings when it comes to the Maloof brothers because they they did own the team for a number of years they did own the team during some of our our best years where we should have been champions you know they should have been champions in 02 they were screwed out of that as well but definitely towards the end of their careers there as the owners of king they were making really bad decisions they were they were making money decisions they lost a lot of money on their casino investments and they started drafting players like Jimmer Fredette who would just bring in ticket sales they weren't really building a winning team they were incredibly spending as minimal as possible on the cap. So we weren't competitive. We weren't good. They were making really poor decisions, money decisions, not basketball decisions. And they kind of wrecked our team towards the end where we kind of sucked. And we've since sucked for a long time. And we're, it's taken us a long time to finally kind of take out of the hole that they kind of put us in. And, hey, we're 2-0 right now, so that's pretty exciting. But, again, I still I still think back, and that trip was amazing. I ended up a little bit more, more about that trip. I ended up uh, staying with some friends And Janice and their daughters, Hannah and Daly, shout out to you guys. I had such an awesome time. And I actually saw them recently again when me and Nate, actually for a company we work for, me and my brother, we ended up having to fly out to, to I think it was Houston. No, it was Dallas. If we had to fly out to Dallas for, for work, 
and we ended up seeing them again and just having an awesome time with them. But as far as that first trip with them, that was the first time I had seen them. They had, they used to live in California, but they moved to Texas. And so they ended up driving all the way out, picking me up in this crazy storm. It was wild. Texas has some crazy storms. Driving me back to their place. They have a beautiful plot of land. I spent the next couple of days basically hanging out with them, helping out on the farm with all their chickens and all their goats, helping uh, <laughs> just having a blast, you know, cause again, I, I live in a city suburbia, so I don't usually get to see a lot of wildlife and it's cool seeing them, you know, have their own chickens, produce eggs for them and their, their goats. And they even had a horse at that point with a, a small little area. And so I actually got to ride one of their horses daily. I think helped me out and I actually rode it bareback, rode it with no saddle, just gripping onto their, their kind of hair that runs along their neck there. I was holding on to the hair and I was, I was riding this horse around a circle and, and that was super cool. I'd never have rode a horse without a saddle before. That was incredible, and I just hung out with Tom, had a blast. That guy is literally one of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. Just an absolute jokester and an absolute just blessing, man. Such a cool guy. Shout out to you, Tom, if you're listening to this, man. Honestly, you're amazing. And thank you for the hospitality that you you and your family have showed uh, me and my brother over the last uh, couple years when we visited. Have a blast every time. Love you guys. Ah, so Such good times. Such good times. Bonus story. Bonus story for all you if you've listened this far. My brother pranked me so hard, okay? So I'm in Dallas. I'm actually at Tom and Janice's house. I'm hanging out there one day. I think they were out at work or something. I get this call from a number I don't recognize on my phone. And this, again, this is right after the relocation happened. This is right after a lot of stuff happened. My, my brother does a very good Indian accent, excellent Indian accent. So he gets on the phone with me, and he pretends that he is Vivek Ranadive, the man that I, you know, I, I just met you know, a, a, two days ago. Ryan got a photo with and the man who saved the Kings or one of the people involved saving the Kings, you know, the big, the money guy who threw out the money. And he is pretending to be Vivek Renadivi on the phone with me and saying, Oh, Tim, thank you so much for all the work you've done with the Kings. And it was legitimate because I've spent the last year, year and a half city council meetings. I've been in the paper. I've been in all these games. I've been on the news. Gosh, tons and tons of times, like with rallies or with people chanting, cheering, giving interviews. This was a common occurrence to be on the news. And, you know, I thought maybe in the realm of possibility, maybe I am being noticed by Vivek. I don't know. I, you know, looking back, I'm like, yeah, right. But (laughs) but anyway, my brother had me convinced that Vivek Renadive was on the phone and he was thanking me for all the work I've done. And I was, I was on cloud nine. I was, no, no, Vivek, thank you so much for all that you've done, and thank you so much for buying the team, and, you know, I was just kissing butt so freaking hard, just spewing my guts to Vivek Ranadive, thanking him so much, and and then at the, towards the end of this phone call, my brother goes, yes, you know, I really uh, would love for your brother, Nathan, to come and work, work for me in the Sacramento Kings, and I thought, what? You want my, you want my brother to come, to come work? work for the but i've it's he doesn't i've done this wait a second no nathan and he starts cracking up and i just lost it like man i was he had me hook line and sinker thinking i was talking to the owner of the kings and he was thanking me and offering me a job now later on i did actually end up working for the sacramento Kings, so you know there is that but that's another story for another day so again my missed opportunity was again that that moment with David Stern that would have made the front page of every newspaper. It would have been huge. Just me and David Kings fan who was, you know, hurt by him and how they screwed us out of the O2 championship reconciled when he redeems himself 
to keep the Kings in Sacramento. Never got that chance. He, he's since passed away. Rest in peace, David. That is an opportunity missed, but again, it was an amazing opportunity. Shout out to Ron and Thomas. Shout out to Mike Tavares for all the work that they did to, to, to make the city council meetings happen and to make this trip happen, to encourage me to go on this trip. It was a life-changing trip. Both were. Both were just incredible trips where, you know, I just kind of went on a limb with really no money at all. But I, man, it was just one of the best times of my life just being a part of that that movement. And we succeeded in our goal. We got to celebrate in Dallas. Our group got together a little later. We actually went to Summer League in Vegas together. And that's another story for another day, my friends. But anyway, this has been a Topics with Tim podcast. This is for the listener with the variety of taste. That's what I bring to you on this on this podcast. I share a lot of different stories, mental health, fitness, nutrition, Harry Potter stories. If you like variety, you'll like my podcast. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. You can join my Discord as well, Topics with Tim. And you're also welcome to support me. I have a support page as well if you want to support me financially so I can keep making pods. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening, and I will see you on the next pod.